WiFi Sci-Fi. WiFi Sci-Fi. WiFi Sci-Fi. What is WiFi Sci-Fi? It's girl in space. Tales of Sage and Savant. The Ninth World Journal. Oz9. Invest Theta out. It's girl in space. WiFi Sci-Fi. What is WiFi Sci-Fi? Find out at WiFi Sci-Fi dot org. WiFi Sci-Fi. Welcome back, everyone. This is Discussing Who. I am Kyle Jones, and joining me always on this podcast, Clarence Brown. Clarence, how are you? Might I say, sir, it's quite an honor to be on this podcast with you, sir. Well, might I say, sir, it is quite an honor. And you know what also is an honor? To say that, once again, we have Lee Shackelford. Lee, how are you? I am well, sir. I'm well. Very well. Are we Are we lords and ladies tonight? Is that what we're doing? For- hey, we are Mission Impossible. We are stealing... Uh, <laughs> You know, goblets, we are doing whatever we want to, because guess what? He will knock four times. Apparently so. So, guys, I only have one thing for news for this episode, and we're going to go a little bit away from Doctor Who for our news, but something that will be near and dear to our hearts. It's specifically for the three of us coming up in... Oh, excuse me, blah, 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 coming up in April of 2020. And I'm going to hand this over to Lee to talk a little bit more about. So, Lee, what's our news for today? I don't know. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Maybe something, maybe if I were to take the word Wi-Fi and yes. sci-fi and kind sci-fi. of like merge them together. Yeah, it's it's pretty obvious, actually. But yeah, Wi-Fi Sci-Fi, um, we've been talking about it a little bit, and people who've been listening to other shows on which we appear have probably heard it as well. But uh, the Indiegogo went live at 12.01 a.m. this morning, so we are – it's really happening, this thing. We're raising money to get the creators and stars of six science fiction podcasts together in one place and that includes relativity which uh which means the three of us so so um give now to get clarence and kyle and lee all out to uh seattle washington for this live show one night only um and the place to find out all about this is on the website wi-fi sci-fi dot org it's not a dot com it's a dot org so but um, yeah, I, I can talk about it for an hour if you want. But I, uh, I'm assuming we want to we want to get onto Doctor Who. But uh, uh, but yeah, anybody who loves uh, audio fiction, uh, science fiction, audio fiction, uh, audio drama, audio comedy um, may may be interested in this. Uh, you can, it's I, the most common response would be, well, that's in Seattle in April. That doesn't do me any good. I can't go to Seattle in April. Yeah, but go to our website and then follow that through to the Indiegogo and you'll see the the stuff, the perks you can get by contributing to our fundraiser. And a lot of it is stuff that I think might interest you. If you like audio drama at all, you're going to love this kind of stuff. So uh, go over there and have a look. Yep. That's all. 
Cool. Yeah. And you know what you this agree? made me remember? This made mm. me remember that I have been remiss at putting links to Wi-Fi Sci-Fi on DiscussingWho.com. So before this episode goes out, we will. So by the time anyone's listening, you can also go to DiscussingWho.com and it will link you directly through to Wi-Fi Sci-Fi. Outstanding. Outstanding. But you know what? Well, I think else? everybody involved is doing this. We, 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 we were just, uh, uh, chatting today and saying, Hey, I should probably let my Patreon patrons know about this. Can you think? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, Oh, I didn't think about that. You know, well, while we're on the hook for tickets to Wi-Fi sci-fi, I think we three have tickets to the planet of the dead. So guys, oh, jolly. Do you think we should get into our review? Yeah, but first, okay. spoilers. Yes, spoilers <laughs> indeed. I thought you, I thought you, were, you know, had something surprising to tell no, me. No, no, no. Just wanted to remind you. Spoilers. Oh. Hey, come on now. Do you guys think I would forget <laughs> the opportunity to do to it's play possible. the spoiler? It could warning? happen. Yeah, it could happen, but it's not. But it could. So, for anyone listening. If you have not seen Planet of the Dead, the Doctor Who special from Easter 2009, go out, watch the episode, put us on pause, come back, take us off pause, because from this moment forward, spoilers. 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 Hold on! End of the line. We're on another world. Something is coming. Riding on the wind. They devour. What is it? Death. Death is coming. Every single instinct of mine is telling me to get off this planet right now. Three suns, wormholes, and alien sand. That planet is nothing. Alrighty, the spoiler warning has gone out, and we are back to review Planet of the Dead. Again, this is the 2009 Doctor Who Easter special. It aired on the 11th of April, 2009, and it was the first, and as of this recording, only Doctor Who Easter special. It should also be noted that this was the first episode to be filmed and broadcast in high definition. So summary view, and Clarence, I'm going to start with you. Summary view, what do you think of, or what did did you think of this episode? <sighs> Planet of the Dead is the, <laughs> no, I'm not going to say Batman v Superman. It, it, it looks pretty. I, I didn't really enjoy it much. It has, it has some qualities that I really like, but I thought it looked fantastic. But as far as the overall story, mm, I'm, I'm not too too hyped on it. You All guys right. think? All right, Lee Shackelford, what say ye? This is the first time I've watched this since it aired, and um, because I've just had no interest in going back to visit it again. Uh, I have to say, because I had it in my head that I can't stand it, I was pleasantly surprised. It wasn't. I think we've done this before. It wasn't as awful as I remember, <laughs> which is not a ringing endorsement. But uh, <laughs> but there was a lot that I enjoyed about it. How about you? Okay. 
I'm going to not break the mold, but I will say that it does not go into any realm close to Batman versus Superman. However, <laughs> however, it yes, it was pretty, <laughs> but however, I have not seen this probably in its entirety since it aired. If I've watched anything since it aired, it's been the last 10 minutes or five minutes of the episode, if that. Um, but I was pleasantly surprised. It wasn't, again, as bad as I thought. It wasn't as bad as Superman versus Batman, but it uh, did not pack very much of a punch. Yeah, it is funny because I remember really liking this episode the first time I saw it. I mean, I was all on board. <laughs> so was, Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> on a bus with the doctor. So, so I'm curious. The, you you brought up something that I didn't have written down, but now I want to know if you really enjoyed it then, but you really didn't enjoy it now. What made it not hold up the test of time? Well, Cal, if I knew that answer, I would tell you. <laughs> no, man, I really don't know because visually looking at this episode, I mean, I just am crazy about the visual updates to it being in HD because it looks like it could have been shot yesterday. I bid for a few CG sequences, but um, I thought it looks freaking fantastic. And to me, in a way, it brings in yet another era of Doctor Who of where we get into these shows where you know, maybe watching it now, the previous episodes up to the end of the season, you may maybe didn't notice it as much. But, you know, if you're watching on Amazon, those episodes are up and cut for 16.9 to be presented on an HD screen. And, you know, for the most part, I thought they looked pretty good. But, man, just getting this visual quality jump in this episode just makes me wish all of it was shot in HD. But yeah, yeah, I, I thought it visually was stunning. So as far as what I loved about it before, and, and maybe it can be just a case of seeing the same story again. Uh, I, I just didn't think it had a lot of weight, but it has some interesting points. So Okay. All right. So I am curious about something. And Lee, I'm going to point this one to you first. Mm -hmm. When I was watching the beginning of it, I couldn't help but feel that you were trying to mimic Mission Impossible. Did you feel the same thing? Well, uh, there's a memorable thing in the first of the uh, um, Mission Impossible films, you know, that has uh, somebody going down on a fly line like that. So, yeah, I mean, that's a pretty obvious reference to that. And uh, and she swaps out uh, uh, two weighted objects, uh, as uh, Indiana Jones does in uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. So... Uh, you know, mm -hmm. it was, it, it, we felt that we, a lot of little things were being touched on. That coming down through the ceiling thing, that's, uh, that's also, um, a, a big moment in one of the Pink Panther movies. So, I don't know, if, if they're, if they're sort of, um, tagging bases, they, they touch a lot of things really on that. It's, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. A Wallace and Gromit, too, for that matter. It's, um, you, 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 you have a fun, familiar feeling. You know what's going on. Um, and really, I'd forgotten about all that stuff. I'd forgotten about the whole um, backstory, the whole story about Christina being a, you know, a international jewel thief or whatever you call it. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. uh, that she's Laura Croft, basically. I, I, I'd forgotten about that. So what did you think now that you remember it or it's been refreshed, you know, and this is to both of you, what 
did you think about presenting this character that we knew that wasn't going to be a companion? Because we, at this point, knew four specials, 2009, David Tennant's leaving. So we knew that they're not going to introduce a, you know, a companion that's going to be there for four specials. That being said, what did you think of introducing someone with a shady past for all intents and purposes? Hmm. I thought it was fun. Uh, she says that she's an adventurer, um, not necessarily doing it for the money. She's kind of doing it for the kicks, which I find interesting, but a criminal nonetheless. Um, I don't know. I thought it was very interesting. And when you think about how these one-off characters somehow are, you know, drawn to the doctor in, <laughs> you know, I think of, was it Astra from the Titanic episode? Yeah. I can't remember. Um, yeah. I mean, just, perfect for the doctor or seemingly as they present her on screen as being perfect. Um, I enjoyed her. I thought she was great. The shady past is something. Well, I, I will get into it by the end of the episode, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I really liked her. All right. What about you, Lee? What did you, did that bother you or what was your initial thought? Oh, I enjoyed the character tremendously. Uh, lovable rogues are always fun. And, you know, that's frankly who the doctor is. And, and he acknowledges that once upon a time he stole something super valuable. And, you know, yeah. so he, he, he can't, he can't condemn her for that or can he? But, uh, um, I, I, I remember when I saw this before being, um, I don't know. I don't want to say annoyed. That's too strong a term, but just feeling weary because, in the previous special, we had gotten somebody who is going to be the next doctor. Oh, no, he isn't. And this time it's, oh, it's going to be a new companion. Oh, no, she isn't. <laughs> and I, I said, I, I kind of feel like we're playing t cat and mouse here with the audience. And I'm I'm just getting tired of it. So that, that was sort of my thing about Christina. But she is a lot of fun. Mm. I I remember these episodes as, oh, this is so cool. I get four episodes or I get four big specials throughout this year. So at least I'm getting something. So I was happy to see something. But on the flip of that, it was like this year long yearning to find out what's going to happen to him because we know something's got to happen to it. Mm -hmm. So I yeah, and, go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to add that I didn't really experience that because I kind of binged these the first time watching it. So I didn't really have that. Um, anticipation of something happening around the corner. I was just like binging through these, which I found <laughs> a fun watch, but it did make these a little less memorable as, as time went on. Mm. Yeah. And, and for me, it was about waiting a long time to get to the next one. And then, you know, then there was this hour and it's like, oh, boy, that was, was that worth all the wait? I don't know. Mm. I found watching this this time. There was two things that really stood out to me. Number one, it remind, well, it reminded me of two things and are two different stories. For some reason, and maybe it was the locale of the way it was presented, this reminded me a lot of series 11's ghost monument because they, mm -hmm. here they are and they're stuck in this desert and they're, you know, walking through the desert and there was a lot of similarities there visually to, you know, that second episode of series 11. It also reminded me some of Midnight in the sense of the doctor being without a companion, 
the doctor, you know, basically stuck with this small cast of characters, but it mm-hmm. unfolded completely different from midnight. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he's on a, he's on a bus with this small group of people. Um, and all around them is nothing but death. So yeah, it's very like midnight in that way. And he even, and he even says so, <laughs> you know, he says, me, people on the bus, they start blaming me. <laughs> I mean, clearly referring to midnight. So I have a question that, that this comparison to midnight and thinking about the doctor being without Donna for that episode and the doctor again being without a companion slash Donna for this episode. It made me start thinking about what happens when the doctor is with a group of people. And if you notice, there's <laughs> always somebody that steps up and beyond storyline purposes. I'm curious, is this, is there something about the doctor that brings this out of people or is there something in people that sees this opportunity, whether it's consciously or subconsciously? Or is it sometimes both that makes them step up? What do you guys mm-hmm. think? Uh, give me an example of who else stepped up. I don't. Well, Christina, <laughs> but, but, well, but she didn't episode, have to but... step up though. Yeah. Mm. Mm. No. And she starts off um, saying she's in charge, which was, I thought that was a funny twist in the script because it is always assumed by us in the audience that the doctor is now going to take yeah. charge. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And, and it's fun to watch her leadership of the group uh, uh, unravel, that it, it doesn't work. And then the doctor takes charge and everything's well, okay again. So. Yeah, what's fun about that is that she she states herself that she's a, <laughs> the leader, but she knows her place. <laughs> and she calls on the doctor to be the yeah. think tank of the group, which I thought was great. And, um, right. Yeah. You know, I guess that's she's not wrong. Good, yeah. yeah, that's what a good leader does. But Yeah. You know. <laughs> So what did you guys think of the bad guys or whatever you want to call them, the swarm of creatures? Curious of your thoughts. It's fun to have uh, a, a villain, if you will, this time. It's more of a force of nature. I mean, they're they're not doing it because they hate you. They're just doing it because that's what they do. And um, so I thought that was very interesting. Um and the, the idea that they have literally reduced this this uh inhab- this inhabited advanced civilization you know this this planet to uh to fine grains of particles you know in 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 no time that's uh, that's horrifying that's a really scary thing they're like the Vashta Narada in that i guess what they leave behind is dust mm, good point good point you know the other thing and here, here was another problem I had with this, this episode was when I got ready to make notes for this episode, I found it very difficult to write down a lot of noteworthy items. And I'm curious mm-hmm. if you guys had that same problem. Yep. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> yeah. So the episode just kind of rolls along. <laughs> yeah, it does. It just kind of, <laughs> you know, there, I didn't find, a lot of substance in this episode and it's a beautifully presented episode, but, but I didn't find a lot going on. But, but one thing that I did notice was, you know, this was another time that we saw unit and I don't know why in this episode, it just kind of reminded me of something. And maybe it was because of the similarities that I was seeing 
with the ghost monument. But it was like, why did you get rid of unit spoiler and series 11? That just didn't make sense to me. So let me ask you guys a question here. If you were to say what the biggest enjoyment out of this episode, because I mean, we've kind of been giving this episode a hard time since, you know, we got started. So if I were to ask, what was your biggest enjoyment out of this episode? What would that be? And Clarence, won't you take it first? Biggest enjoyment that you've had out of watching this? Oh, man, I had a few. Um, I actually loved seeing uh, Daniel Kaluuya. I think that's how you say his name. Barkley on the bus. Uh, the star of he was in Black Mirror. He was in Get Out. He was in a bunch of other stuff. So this oh, was, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm guessing this is some one little of the movie called ones. what was it? Black Panther. Yeah. Black Panther. Yeah. He was in there yeah. as well. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, it was cool seeing him. I thought that was pretty cool. I do like Christi- Christina's um, second, uh, uh, what do you call it, ascending down to get the the um, clamps. I thought that was uh, pretty fun. Even was, what was even funner was her return, where she timed the the force field just right. So that was a, a fun mm-hmm. part of the episode. So <laughs> you know, that, that was that was some enjoyment to be had. Some enjoyment to be had. <laughs> okay, Lee. What about you? What was your most enjoyable? Your you know, the what, what would you say was the most fun that you had in this? I really enjoyed the 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 byplay and the kind of flirting of uh, uh, the, the Christina with the doctor, that uh, evolving relationship. I uh, I did. I liked them together a whole lot. And uh, um, and I was glad. I mean, a lot of times we get these uh, companions in, in the in new who uh, companions. We get these 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 other characters and, and they'll end up they'll end up dead i mean we liked linda with a y and you know and we like astrid and you know so i'm kind of glad that she didn't and i really did think that the doctor was going to send her off to, to prison yeah after, after he had already admitted to her that he's a thief as well so that was a relief that in the end he he either changed his mind or he was playing with her to start with. He 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 needed that moment to tell her, I don't need a companion right now. I'm not doing that again. So, mm. you know, I also saw that as a little bit of him being stern with her and saying, look, you know, yes, you do want this adventure, but you're going about it wrong. And this is what it's costing you. You're not coming with me. Mm-hmm. However, I'm not condemning you. I'm not condoning you. I'm, I'm, I'm not letting you come with me, but yet I do realize that you're, you know, you didn't do this maliciously. And at the end of the day, he's the one that beat up the, uh, the goblet, not her. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> Yeah, and he does give her a flying bus. So, <laughs> and and that is true. For. <laughs> and, you know, if I were to say what I enjoyed most about this one, it would have to be, even though I'm saying that there was not a lot of substance, I did enjoy watching this episode. You know, I couldn't find a lot that I wanted to like, oh, ooh, I can't wait to talk about that. But I did have fun with it. And the HD Seeing, you know, yeah. the HD, it was, I think the story took second place and I think they may have intended mm. it to. I think this was whoever the showrunners, whoever, you know, I know it's RTD, but all the people in the background were like, Oh, wow. Cool. We finally are HD. Let's have some fun. That's what I felt on this. That's right. And, and of course, high definition 
is, is just more pixels. And that, that in and of itself doesn't do anything. Um, except give you more, but the, the, um, the cinematographer here, the whole design team, they've taken the opportunity to, uh, level up, uh, what that means they can do with light. And yeah. a lot of things in this are backlit, which is not a look that we're accustomed to seeing on the show before. Certainly not on classic who, you know, we're so often we're in the studio. Um, whereas there's basically a ring of lights over people's heads and that's what you got. But a lot of times there's a, Oh, interesting little lens flares and, you know, people, people being uh, cast into silhouette. The doctor gets a great speech where he is in profile and in total silhouette. You can't see his face at all. Mm. It's just that, that kind of thing. It's gorgeous. It really is gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, some of the colors on the fly alien spaceship mm. I thought were really popping. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, but I will say it kind of scared me when I think of this jump to HD and, I immediately thought of the look of the aliens <laughs> because, of course, the doctor and everything else is going to look better. But yeah, we're going to see the aliens a little bit more close, closely in detail. Yeah. And for the for the most part, I thought they looked OK in this episode. I thought right. they looked OK. So that was a, a, a happy thing to see happen because <laughs> I thought it could it could go terribly wrong. But well, uh, uh, well <laughs> but what had worried me, I remember when they made this announcement, was I thought, and then they're going to start upscaling all the old episodes and things are going to look really, really bad <laughs> because they weren't made to be seen in the, at this level. Oh, uh, you, my friend, have a great, great timing. And the reason I say that is you perfectly and could not have more perfectly moved into my trivia question. So here is the answer to my trivia question. This classic (laughs) Doctor Who story was shot completely on film and was converted to high definition many decades after its original broadcast. What is the name of that story? It's a classic. It is a classic Doctor Who story. It was shot completely on film and was was converted to high definition many decades after its original broadcast. This is interesting. If you shot on film, I bet it's going to look great. So what is this? (laughs) It it was. Are you ready? Yeah. It was Spearhead from Space, the first third Doctor story and the first in color. That's right. And, and some of it is on, it doesn't look great because some of it was even 16 millimeter film. I mean, uh, because the, the advantage of, of, uh, shooting in the studio is that you can get all this crisp, you know, instantly editable video. So when they went outside, uh, to shoot things on film, you had to have this, these big cameras to push around as well. And they got all excited about the fact we've now got these little cameras that we can take and shoot on film. And the grain is really prominent and it's, the upscaling is pretty good, but it still doesn't, it doesn't look like Planet of the Dead. I can tell you that. Mm. Uh-oh. So, mm. Mm. Yeah. Yep. 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 That's the oh. kind of thing that makes you wonder if, if on the old, um, you know, um, very s- low number of scan lines, uh, you know, people's televisions in, you know, 1970, if, um, if you could even see the doctor's tattoo, you know, if that's something that we're aware of now, watching Spearhead from Space. <laughs> I mean, John Pertwee's tattoo, I yeah. should say. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. But you know, if you've seen the uh, the upscaled version of the War Games, for example, there's a, there's a character who has a scar running right through one eye, and um, 
if you look at that on, on your, you know, your 12 inch TV screen, it looks pretty good. <laughs> uh, but the scar is made on a piece of netting and to do this makeup and not harm the actor and to, you know, to do it quickly, they just, just stick that piece of netting over his eye. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm sure that when broadcast, that looked really good. But you look at the upscale of it now and that guy's got a piece of netting stuck over his eye. It's got a scar drawn on it. <laughs> and, you know, and it's one of the reasons why people look back at the classic series now and go, man, this this is awful. I think, well, of course it looks awful now. That's, yeah, you know, I, I've heard people say this about classic Trek, too. You know, I can see where, where, you know, Mr. Spock's ears went on. Yeah, well, in 1966, we couldn't see that. So, oh, <laughs> but you know, and what? on and on and on and on. I'll say that the um, original series looks fantastic. I know they've done the HD treatment to it, or I feel it looks fantastic when I watch it. So yeah, no, for the most part, it really is. Yeah, I, I think so too. But um, because a lot of that was shot on you know very high resolution thirty five millimeter film, and and none of it was on video like uh, some other shows. Anyway, yeah, yeah. but yeah, <laughs> and and, and just for clarity for everyone listening, our, our two fellow Trekkies here. Uh, transition to Star Trek for just a minute. Whenever we say the original series, that was original Star Trek, not Doctor Who. Right. Classic Who is Classic what we Who. call it. Classic, Classic Who. Very good. Very good point. I stand. Yes, and we're Trekkers too, and we'll take you out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's a that's a toxic fandom. Yes, it is. Okay. Yes, it is. Uh, we'll just keep talking about that. I want to talk about the Tridivores for a second because I I like the idea of meeting some characters who who have fly heads and who eat other people's poop. And that's you know exactly. So uh, the doctor says, "Well, there are flies." Well, no, they're not. They're people with fly heads, and it's a. I don't know. I just thought it's something to talk about. People started complaining as um, Deep Space Nine, for example, went on and um, Star Trek Voyager and so on. The, the people were saying, does every humanoid race in the galaxy look just like us? Only there's something funny about their nose. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's true that that did become a sort of a convenient shortcut for making a, a an alien, a humanoid alien yeah. um, in the Star Trek franchise. And it's you know, you, 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 the actor still gets to emote with their, their human face. But, you know, yeah, they've also got something going on on their forehead. The Klingons and Kardashians and everybody. Um, but um, on Doctor Who, it seems to be that we'll, we'll put a head on, a whole head on someone, we'll put a mask on. But they're still humanoid uh, otherwise. And, I, I, again, I understand, you know, they're – this this is a very expensive special we're making here. We're not going to make these two characters have legs and wings like a fly. I don't think you know they'd have to be CG characters, right? You, you can't. Mm -hmm. So yeah. so no, we're going to get guys and they're going to have fly masks, so they look like they look like uh, David Hedison in uh, in the original movie, The Fly. Um, well, I mean, what do you think about that? Is it? See, on the original series, they would they, the the true divorce would have been they would have looked like you or me. Yeah, they would they wouldn't have tried that at all. Mm -mm. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I, I think it's ambitious to do that, but I guess it's kind of um, par for the course for Doctor Who. That's just like something they do, and yeah. I don't know, I don't know, um, I don't find it out of place or anything. Um, 
Maybe really, we have to just look at Star Trek for not taking it far enough. You know? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, see, remember last season uh, we had in Unicorn and the Wasp, we had a computer-generated Wasp, a full-size yeah. Wasp. That's right. So, so uh, I, I, I'll always like that, you know. Uh, maybe it's the fly thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and they well, specifically say what we all know that flies do. They specifically right. go out and say <laughs> what the flies do, and I think that just turns the gross factor up another notch. Uh, now, the the multiple mandal do it, do it for me. That's fine, you know. Um, and and if you know anything about insects, you know I don't, I don't know, but. <laughs> Well, for one thing, their ears don't work like ours do, and they wouldn't have <laughs> earpieces like the ones that the doctor finds so he can talk to Christina. <laughs> yeah, so, that was a little so, convenient. <laughs> yeah. There's a couple of plot conveniences in this that, that really that – it's part of the reasons why I don't, I don't like this special very much. It's just like, oh, really? Also, her, ca- her, her, her uh, cable rig, uh, it's got about a mile of cable on it. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you know how big that would be? She can't put that in her backpack and go that far with it. You just, you can't. Yeah. So, you know, so it's magic. And it's, yeah. It's, uh, yeah I, um, I think, I think you feel about these aliens, how I feel about the, the, the hot, the half in Doctor's yes, Daughter. Yes. yes. Um, well, I, I was going to bring them up as the other ones that, that have an interesting head, but they're obviously humanoid bodies. And, and you know, it's the Ood, too, for that matter. But yeah, I, it doesn't bother me with the Ood somehow. They're, they're, I don't know. But there you have it. Yeah. And, and I'll just mention, like, if we talk about the CG, for the most part, we don't have a lot until we get to the flying bus sequence. Which, mm-hmm. when they were back on Earth, I felt like it looked okay. But when they were in a desert, because it's such a bright area, it just made the CG just look really bad, really bad. And I know that's something they have to take into consideration when they think about they're going to HD. It probably costs a lot more to make the CG look good. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I just thought the, the CG bus wasn't the best. No, it is disappointing. And I remember it being disappointing in 2009. <laughs> but I just, uh, I don't yeah. know. But you think about other things like, like the, the stingrays and especially when they're on the horizon and they're, they're, they're an oncoming yeah. storm. Uh, uh-huh, that, um, I thought that was terrific. Yeah. That was great. That was great. Uh, yeah. And the whole, so. the whole thing with unit shooting at the, the, the things they're snaking through the air and, um, kind of presaging, uh, part of, um, the Avengers, for that matter, of the things going through the air like that. Yeah. Uh, and it's fun for all of us who are fans of the classic series to hear a, uh, a leader of units saying, the, the bullets won't stop them, because that's what <laughs> Lethbridge Stewart was always saying. <laughs> Just once, I'd like to face an enemy that isn't impervious to bullets. <laughs> well, speaking of unit, what did yeah. you guys think of Malcolm, the unit oh scientist? God. <laughs> oh man, I he grew on me by the end of the episode. But my God, that first conversation he has with the doctor, I just wanted to rip my eyes and ears off. <laughs> it was excruciating. It's oh, it was so bad, so bad. But you know, by the end of it, he kind of redeems himself somewhat. <laughs> you know, oh, crazy, mad, silly, clumsy—not clumsy, just. I don't know the word for it. Weird scientist guy. Weird scientist. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, see, I had I had the reverse course with him that I I I thought it was a funny idea that he's the doctor's biggest fan, you know, uh, and can't believe that he's having this conversation. But I thought a little of this is going to go a long way. And then we kept going back to him and doing the same kind of shtick yeah. over and over again. And uh, so by the time he's hugging the doctor and saying, I love you a thousand oh, that was times, a thousand times, <laughs> I, I was completely done with Malcolm. I'm like, okay. Yeah. That, that, that was funny the first time, but uh, yeah, yeah, me too. You know, I couldn't help but thinking, seeing how, Malcolm was such a big fan of the doctor. I was like, you know what? You totally missed the mark with Malcolm. But there's another character that is a big fan of the doctor that is affiliated with unit that we will meet in season or series seven. And mm-hmm. she, it does everything in my opinion, right? Where Malcolm did everything wrong. That's it. Maybe they sort of learned how to write this. The Stephen Moffat is going to write it differently and make it make sense. But interesting to note, though, is that Malcolm has a scarf that is deliberately patterned on the 10th Doctor's suit. (laughs) And then his equivalent character that you're talking about later, of course, should be wearing the 4th Doctor's scarf. So anyway. Yeah. Oh, and think of the the stakes of the, and I forget her name, the head woman from Unit. Uh, when she was telling Malcolm to close the portal. Yeah. Captain Macumbo. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Had the gun ready to pop a cap. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I had forgotten about that. And watching that this time, it really bothered me. And then, you know, then he is saved by an accident of timing. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't just, uh, that put his brains all over the inside of the trailer. And, and then we don't talk about it anymore. Yeah, so, everything's all right about the end, you know. Yep. Get, yeah, get back to your post, soldier. But you know what? Isn't that a memory or something that we don't really think? Because, you know, I always felt like every time I saw the brigadier, it's like, oh, that's the brigadier. He's our friend, you know, kind of mm-hmm. feeling. Yeah. And, you know, Sergeant Yates and Sergeant Benton and all, even with, you know, the brigadier's daughter, you know, mm-hmm. years later, it's always they're presented as your friend, but really and truly, this is a military organization and he was being mm-hmm. insubordinate. Yeah. Yeah. You know. and, no, I was going to say, she's not entirely wrong that the fate of the world is in her right. hands. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know how to feel about that. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it is an interesting moment there and, and you got to admire Malcolm, I think, for standing up and saying, I understand what the orders are, but I'm going to do what's morally right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In my judgment. And he, he's, he's willing to die for it. Yep. 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 I agree. But, and also, what is she thinking? If she shoots him, she doesn't know how to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> she, but she's trying to scare him. So I get that. But yeah. Was she really going to do it? I don't think so. But mm-hmm. so we see in this story at toward the end, obviously, that they do make it back to Earth and they do stop the alien invasion of the swarm. And we see what I say to me is really the only, you know, lasting substance from this episode, other than Christina has had some big finish stories, I believe, or is going to have if she hasn't already. Oh. That that said, you set up with the mystery of he will knock four times. You know, you get this is where that really starts, this prophecy it played up of the doctor's story and its ending and all that. 
So before we get into our favorite quote and our favorite scene, I'm curious to know, do either of you have any other plot points that we've not covered that you want to bring up or anything else that you want to bring up? Well, I'm glad you mentioned the prophecy because I remember watching this the first time and it struck me again this time that of of things that we've been seeing repeated that I felt like were being overused and that I was getting tired of, the people who can see the future, um, this is the moment where I said, okay, I'm, I'm through with this. This is I, – I don't ever want to see that again on Doctor Who is <laughs> somebody who can see the future because we've – it's easy. It's become a, a handy shortcut. And I don't know. It, it was interesting. It was a great tension builder to have this woman saying, you know, death is coming for us and saying things like that. And she's right, you know. But then to to make her the cliffhanger of the episode, I'm like, oh, jeez. Okay. <laughs> uh, I can hear the Ood singing. Here we go. Yeah, but see, you didn't know the Ood yeah. was singing at that moment, though. No, but I, what I mean is that we had had the Oods who were who were prophets before, and there's something on your back, and we've had – Oh, who uh, all yeah. else can see the future? It just uh, uh, good I got point. tired of people. I got tired of people who can see the future. Good point. Being being used as a story device in this way. All right. So, ah. What about Cl- no. Clarence? What about you? Mm, no, I don't think I have any other scene from the episode in particular that I'd like to bring up. I don't think. Uh, all right. So I will. I'm going to reserve my comment to Lee's comment. Just just for a few minutes. <laughs> so I'm going to reserve it for just a few minutes. But I will ask you, Lee Shackelford, your favorite mm. quote from this episode. What was your favorite quote? <laughs> I remember laughing out loud when I saw this before and <laughs> enjoying it again. I'm charging you too, aiding and abetting. Yeah, I'll just step inside this police box. And yeah, that was myself. good. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. All right. Clarence Brown, your favorite quote. Oh, the doctor putting the clamps on the steering wheel and saying that he needs gold all of a sudden. And then <laughs> Barkley comes up and says, hey, hey, use this. And the doctor says, I said gold. <laughs> He's like, it is gold. <laughs> Look on his face. I saw you coming today. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. I, that that one was cool. Yeah. So, so Lee Shackelford, I will say my favorite quote was, I'm charging you too, aiding and abetting. Yes, <laughs> I'll just step inside this police box and arrest myself. <laughs> thought that was brilliant. That's great. Can so I Claire, get one honorable mention in you, there real You most quick? certainly can, yeah. absolutely. Okay. Um, the doctor says, you need to find a way to close, close the wormhole, to which uh, Malcolm says, would that be a compressed burst of feedback on a counter oscillation per, per chance? And I thought, isn't that just another way to say reverse to polarity? I don't, maybe. Yeah, they should have just said reverse Something like that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I'm glad you said that because uh, here's my, um, um, my honorable mention is, um, uh, a hundred Malcolms equal a Bernard. Uh, and who's that, your dad? <laughs> don't be ridiculous. That's Quatermass. You guys know who Quatermass is? I do not. If not, for, if not for Quatermass, there probably wouldn't be Doctor Who. Um, uh, BBC uh, sort of made for the channel movie, The Quatermass Experiment. And it's about a scientist, is Bernard Quatermass. Um, and there are three Quatermass films. And then they were remade um, by American studios. Uh, the last one is the one that people tend to know in America because it was rebranded as, I can never remember the number. 
40 million years to Earth. It's something million years to Earth anyway. Mm. But uh, but they're all uh, adventures of uh, Professor Bernard Quatermass, um, who is very much like the Doctor um, in, in the early incarnations of the Doctor. He's uh, he, he the third Doctor in his Earthbound adventures. They basically made him Quatermass. That there's something weird happening, and so we'll call this weird guy to come deal with the weird thing that's happening. So I, I really think that the the creation of Doctor Who it was sort of an attempt to make a TV series somehow that was kind of like Quatermass. Um, and in one of the many remakes of the of the Quatermass stories, uh, one of them starred. Um, among other people, David Tennant. So there's a connection there too. But yeah, that's a little shout out there from from Malcolm that um, uh, that he he just mentions Quatermass very quickly. And uh, so for a lot of older folks, they're like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, name name a unit of energy a, a Quatermass. Anyway, I like that because I hadn't yeah. I, I had no idea of that. I've got to find the right name of this film. So, so talk amongst yourselves right. because I, I now feel really silly that I can't remember. All right. So while you're, you're searching through your memory okay. files and yeah. rebooting your routers and your, uh, <laughs> that, 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 that all encompassing brain of yours, I'm going mm-hmm. to say to Clarence Brown, your favorite scene. What was it? Oh man. Oh, man. The 2005 Quater Mass Experiment is on Amazon. There you uh, go. Video. So I might yeah. get on a watch. Oh, favorite scene. Yes. Oh, man. <laughs> Did I have a favorite? <laughs> I think it had to be Christina uh, ascending from the shaft and as she hit the security gate. I, I mentioned it earlier. <laughs> but I, th- I, I think that's my favorite. Um, it was fun okay. and good timing. So, you know, cool. What's not to like about it? All right. So, Lee Shackelford, are you ready for your scene or do you need more memory files? No, no. Um, I, I'm. It's. I really, really love this scene of the doctor quietly taking charge of the situation from Christina. And he does it by asking all the other passengers on the bus where they were going. And I just, I just think that's a lovely, lovely scene. And by the time he's done, he's got everybody on his side and everybody's willing to help him, uh, because he showed that he cared about them and, and reminded them that this is what's important is your family and your routines and, and, and food and, you know, and home. It's just a, it's just a beautiful little thing. I, I love that. Okay, cool. cool. Also, five million years Earth. It's only five. All right, sweet. So, yeah. Not sweet. only in the UK, it's Quatermass in the Pit in the US. It was five million years Earth. Highly recommended. A lot of fun. Okay. Sweet. So let me apologize in advance, Lee, because of based on what you said a minute ago. This is because I said <laughs> I was going to hold my response for just a minute. Right, but, right, right. But for for me, my favorite scene. And this was the only thing that I really loved about this episode was when Carmen said, no, you be careful because your song is ending, sir. The doctor, what do you mean? Carmen, it is returning. It is returning through the dark. And then doctor, oh, but then he will knock four times. I just love that. I just love that it was this, you know, lady that he meets on the bus that just happens to be, you know, sensitive and she picks up on this and it's just a, a warning. But I, and that's really and truly all that I remembered since 2009 about this episode until I watched it was that scene. So but, that was my favorite. Yeah. Seeing as how you're obsessed with the knocking, I could see why. Yes. <laughs> well, 
And and looking back from our perspective too, the without spoiling, of course, the final revelation of the knocking four times is one of my favorite things in all of New Who. That was such a gut punch. Wow. So, you know, this is where it gets set up. And I'll certainly give it that, that um, from this moment on, we're waiting. Because we know what knock what the four knocks means, right? It's the master. Right. And yeah. so we know. So, we, you know, we're already projecting. We know the master's come back and we know this is how the doctor's going to meet his end. He's going to be killed by the master. So now we're just waiting to see how it's going to happen. Mm. Well, <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, l- let me throw in since we're since we mentioned the four knocks, I have a coworker that ha- is now into series five. Um, mm-hmm. the, but a couple of weeks ago, he was you know leading up through to the end of the time, and I I did similar to what I did with you, Clarence, about giving the little hints, and he was sure, you know, even at this episode, the not four times he comes to work and says, "Hey, I know what's fixing to happen. The master's fixing to come back. Why is that? Oh, the not four times. There's nobody else. That's what it means." Yeah. My response was spoilers. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, that was my favorite scene. So, gentlemen, final rating. What say ye? And Clarence, I'll let you start. Final rating. Uh, I'm going to go with a three. I think that's a good rating for this one. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Not the greatest. Cool to see in HD. Very purdy. (laughs) It's purdy. That's purdy. But um, not the thing that I think I want to recommend. (laughs) All righty. Mr. Shatterford, what say you? What I was coming up with was 3.5. I, there's so much about it that I really enjoy, but my goodness, you know, the, 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 the fly, the guys with the fly heads on and, and then we get the gizmos and they fit onto the wheels of the bus perfectly as if they were made for it. And then he brings out the other one and it fits on the steering wheel. Like that's what you're supposed to do with it. Like, what? But they hover. <laughs> and then the whole thing can be handled from the steering wheel. It's uh, all right. <laughs> this is all extremely convenient. Whatever. 3.5. Okay. So I'm going to give it three with four knocks. <laughs> For everything the two of you just said, I give uh, it three with four knocks. Well, but we, we've knocked it pretty hard, actually. Mm. Yeah, we have. And, and, yeah. and you know, I, I, I didn't not enjoy it. I mean, so right. so maybe I'll give it a three point one and four knocks, maybe. But okay. but but <laughs> but but I have seen better, and I'm yeah. curious to see what we say when we get to Waters of Mars, mm-hmm. which I don't remember caring for at all. So, and I have not watched it since it aired. So, yeah, yeah. see you next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's another one that I remember enjoying. So I hope. Mm. <laughs> I hope I'm gonna get through that one and not be yeah. down on it. No, so we'll see. you're gonna find out how wrong you were. <laughs> so, I, I do recall that it was a little bit deeper than this, mm. but but it's dark. It's yeah, it's dark, dark and deep, and you know maybe who knows? But you know how you can find out for anyone listening. Tune yeah. into our next episode, and you will find out. But. Before we go, I have one final question, and that final question is, and I'm going to point this, Mr. Shackelford, to you first. If anyone wants to find you on the Internet other than discussing who, 
Where might they find you? They need to go at this moment to wifi sci where they will learn a lot about several other science fiction audio dramas that are going on out there, including Relativity, which in just a couple of weeks now is going to hear the commencement of our fifth and final season. Yay! Oh, yeah. So, there you go. Where do people find you when they want to find you, Clarence? Oh, I'm going to point people to check me out on the Instagrams and the Twitters. Now, uh, I do occasionally post a picture of my food, but I swear it gets more interesting <laughs> than that. Uh, but yeah, I'm just, just check it out. Check out my social medias. You can follow me by going to Wudun Ball on both of those platforms. And yeah, okay, I typed my name in a Jedi name generator about 20 years ago. So that, that's where that came from. I but, always <laughs> wondered what about that. Wudan Ball. Okay. Yeah, so that's W-U-D-A-N-B-A-L. So follow me there. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And you can, anyone listening can also find all three of us chatting away on our Facebook group. You can just go to groups or just do a search for discussing network. And we have a group on Facebook. So look for us discussing network. And as always, everyone listening, thank you for joining us. We are glad that you're here. We are glad that you're coming back for more episodes. You are appreciated, and we will be back next time. You've been listening to The Discussing Network. Find out more at DiscussingNetwork.com. Discussing Who is brought to you by Audible. You've probably heard of Audible, but just in case, they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks. They have more than 180,000 titles. Let me say that again. 180,000 titles to choose from. Imagine a genre. They've got an audiobook. And these files play on smartphones, Kindles, tablets, in fact, over 500 different devices. Now, for fans of Discussing Who, Audible is offering a free download when you start a new Audible subscription. And you can choose anything at all from that vast library. But we know you want to get one of their absolutely fantastic Doctor Who titles, which include New Adventures of the Doctor, but also Torchwood and River Song. And they're performed for you by actors you know and love. Wonderful voices, Tom Baker, Alex Kingston, David Tennant. The list goes on and on. So try it out for 30 days. And if at the end of the month you decide Audible is not for you, you still get to keep that Doctor Who book you downloaded. So look at it this way. Free Doctor Who book. So here's how you get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash discussing who. That's audible trial, all one word, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash discussing who. Also one word. And that's how you get your free book. What could be better than that?